With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubble. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up, everybody out there in War Room Land? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my gridiron partner in crime. We got Fred Purdue in the building. He's going to chill with me for the first hour as we chop it up about football and other stuff. Jimmy the Blueprint will be with me after that to chop up some NBA tea. So keep it locked right here. And if you guys want to Get in on all of the craziness. You know what to do. Just make sure you hit us on the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtruckradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes after we gamble with Gus and open up the digital extreme tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com. The War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, wherever you listen to, to podcasts, we're, we're most likely to be there. Freddie, what's up, good brother? How are you? What's going on, man? Good to be with you guys this week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's always good to, to have my gridiron partner in crime in the laboratory with me to see what we're going to cook up for this week. Um, if you guys are not familiar, you can check out uh, Fred and I um, on two different shows. If you're a college football fan, you can check out Quick Slants. Um, and you can do that at warroomsports.com or you can go directly to the War Room Sports uh, YouTube page to check out uh, all of our episodes of Quick Slants. We've already recorded Quick Slants for this week. So you're free to go and see everything that we're talking about in the world of college football. We're going to touch on a little bit more college football in the next few minutes after we talk to Gus. Um, but for more in-depth coverage of college football, make sure you check out Quick Slants. And if you're an NFL football fan, you can check out Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue also at WorldRoomSports.com or directly on the World Room Sports YouTube page. Um, we talk about everything going on in the National Football League. Again, we're going to talk some NFL in just a few minutes here. But if for, for in-depth coverage, Make sure you check out Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue uh, every week. All right, man. It's been a crazy week so far, Fred, but it's time to get it in. 
I see we got the homie Gus waiting on the line. So before we talk to Gus and see what his parlays are for the week, you guys know the drill. You guys, uh, Hot Topics are brought to you by my bookie. Let's talk real quick about how much dough you guys can make betting on sports at my bookie, the NBA, NFL, and NHL. Still chugging right along. So if you haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time for you to do that. Lay down some dough in the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you guys are tired of wondering what services are doing when it's time to pay you, that's why we urge you to join my bookie. When you win, they pay you. No hassles, no waiting. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game start. Join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. All you got to do is use promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid, period. All right, so we're going to go to the phone lines here. Gus, are you there? Gus. Fred, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you just fine, man. Uh, okay. I was like, Gus, can you hear me? Black on Gus. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, there we go. Right. <laughs> I'm like, where'd Gus go? I thought, you know, maybe somebody, <laughs> somebody confronted you or something about a, a pick that they didn't like. I don't know what was going on there, man. <laughs> hey, I was 3-1 and one last week. They didn't confront me. Get the, you know what, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so it, like, there's nothing to be confronted about this particular week. As he said, he was 3-1 yeah, right. last week. That makes him 35-34-3. For the year, um, it's time for us to get some picks in, man. So uh, let's go to the first game here. And and don't mind me, I'm in, in a bit of a rush here. So it might be a little bit hasty, but I'm going to slow down for a minute. And we're going to talk a little Baltimore versus uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? I think the line on this one is Ravens plus four. Uh, yeah, it's um, we have Ravens plus four, Chargers minus four. Um, I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, they have the um, number two rushing offense and the number one overall defense, and that and that's it's it's a balance. You know, sometimes those defensive rankings can be misleading. It'll be a team will be high in the, um, for example, high in the uh, defensive rushing piece because they can be thrown on so easily, so people don't even bother, or vice versa. They're three okay. in both. Rush defense and pass defense. So it's a very balanced defense. Um, uh, defense travels. Defense travels. Um, I think in this case, and they have the second rushing offense in the league, I think in this case what's going to be interesting is uh, the, the, the Chargers have a very good uh, young defensive back, Derwin James, very versatile. He can do a lot of things, cover tight ends and everything, comes down the box. I think uh, Jackson is going to make them force him not to be quite as versatile, and they're going to have to – restrict him a little more than they normally would. So I'm taking the Ravens plus the four, and it's also one of my upset picks for the week. I think the Ravens win outright. Okay. All right, so um, the next one is the Falcons and the Cam Newtonless Carolina Panthers. The spread on that one is uh, three and a half. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going – I'm taking the Falcons land at three and a half. That, that was – Panthers too, so it just tells you a decent, a, a good quarterback is worth about five point swing. Of course, the upper echelon is about a touchdown swing. So uh, the Panthers are on the spiral, uh, no offense. 
and even a bad Falcon defense can put eight in the box and just focus on McCaffrey and make this uh, make the uh, Hanky. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I mean, dis- be disrespectful, but I don't expect him to win a shootout against the Falcons. This ain't Old Dominion where he came from. So, Falcons minus three and a half. Yeah, after getting the Cam Newton news, I need to go back and check my um, you know, my straight up pick 'em picks to make sure I got the right. <laughs> I, yeah, I switched picks. that one earlier today. Too. I was about to say because. I, I think I may have had Carolina. There's no way that I have them winning without um, Cam Newton and with a quarterback that neither one of us can exactly. So um, the the next game on the docket is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Houston Texans. Uh, you got a one and a half point spread on this one. Where are you going with this one? I'm taking the Eagles minus the one and a half. The 2017 Eagles showed up finally, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough to spark a quarterback controversy. But it, it will be enough for teams to come calling for Foles to be their starting quarterback. Um, Texas was lucky to get away from a, with a win against um, uh, the Jets. Oh well, maybe I shouldn't say lucky because um, uh, <laughs> that that receiver uh, Hopkins is just unbelievable. Um, but they got away with a win. I don't see them winning two in a row on the road. Um, and, and, again, I think we got the 2017 Eagles. I take the Eagles minus one and a half. All right. Um, we got an over-under. Uh, Bears 49ers. The over-under number is 43. You going over or you going under? I'm taking the under. Um, the Bears are the number three defense. The Niners are number 12. They have a good defense. They've just had problems scoring points and controlling the ball. The defense has been on the field a lot. Um, but hey, San Francisco only got nine points against the Bucks offense a couple of weeks ago. Yes, they've played better at home, but I, I just think this Bears defense is going to be something that uh, young Mueller, who's had his moments, but I, this is something he hasn't seen. So I think that's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. All right, uh, the next one up, we got Seattle versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that spread is two and a half. Where are you going with this one? I got Seattle plus two and a half. Um, KC offense has become one-dimensional. They're down to the third running back with with uh, Ware ha- having a hamstring. And as you know, hamstrings don't go away, with, only with time. Um, the D has been bad all year. Uh, as great as Mahomes has been, he's never been in an environment where he's going to be um, up in Seattle. And so I, I look for Seattle to cover that spread, and that is my second upset pick of the week. Seattle wins outright. Oh, damn it, Gus. I need the Chiefs to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had that discussion already, Dev. Oh, yeah, we definitely we did. That I, we need that I need the Chiefs to win that game, man. Uh, I, I don't ever root for you to be wrong, but I think I'm going to have to root for you to be wrong. Um, all right, <laughs> okay. so we have uh, the, the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, playing uh, their division rival, the Denver Broncos, and that spread is three points. Who you got? I'm taking the Raiders plus the three. Uh, they're playing better at home offensively. Uh, the Broncos just have trouble scoring. And I always look at uh, home underdogs within the division. I, I think that's just a gold mine. And so the Raiders only lost by one earlier in the year when they weren't playing anywhere near as well. Um, Denver is not really good enough to be sweeping anybody, really, when you come down to it. So I take the Raiders to cover the three, and that is my third upset special of the week. Man, we got three upset specials going on here. And before we get you out of here, Gus, you want to recap the upset specials for the people? 
Upset specials. Uh, Ravens take down the Chargers. The Seahawks over the Chiefs. And the Raiders over the Broncos. All right. So when I, I put my money on, that means so, – so when I put a hundred dollars on this, I need my return, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> See, look at you, man. Everybody always read the fine print. Everybody always trying to threaten the. <laughs> if you lose, you lose. <laughs> I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, so good luck finding me. <laughs> my man, my man makes great picks. He don't mean he's, you know, he's not magical. He's not a fortune teller. So you know, that's why it's called gambling. <laughs> You're gambling. All right, but investing. Yeah, exactly. We're we're investing, so you know, just like you would invest anything else, Fred. Man, you gotta you gotta live with the risk, you know. All right, but Gus, as usual, man, thank you for your time, and we will talk to you next week for Advanced Week Seventeen of the NFL season. Will do. Y'all take care and enjoy the holiday. All right, all right, man. Thanks. All right, that's Gus Griffin. Everybody, go out. Make your bets. Um, like I said, we are not responsible for for negative outcomes. That's why it's called gambling. That's why it's called investing. But um, he is over 500 for the year, and he usually ends pretty strong. Um, I think that strong ending started last week with his three and one record on his picks last week. All right, so let's let's get into a little bit of college football since we do have our college football expert. In the building with us, so you know, it's it's you know I got I got to talk football with you. You know, we got you for an hour, so we got to take full advantage of the knowledge. So college football early signing day has happened. Give me some highlights. What 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 happened on early Man. signing day? I, I I heard about you know somebody you know wanting to do Michigan and going you know. Committing to Alabama and then going back to Michigan. Yeah. Stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama's been involved in a lot of these big recruiting battles. And for me, when I look at it, um, you know, across the board, Alabama, we can start off with Georgia. Uh, we'll get to Alabama in a minute. But when you look at Georgia, you know, the hype, the hype has been real for like the last three years. And you, Kirby Smart has hit the ground running. I mean, he flipped an Ohio State quarterback. You lose one, you lose the number two quarterback prospect and the number two overall prospect in the country. You're probably going to lose him to Ohio State. So what do you do? You go out and flip Ohio State's six-six pocket passing uh, top 100 quarterback prospect, uh, Dwan Mathis, who he wasn't going to be able to enroll early at Ohio State. So of course, Georgia can provide you that. You know, Trey Sanders, who is now, he's a, he was a strong Georgia. Uh, he was strong on Georgia, but he ended up signing with Alabama. Uh, you're going to see a lot of this back and forth between these two teams. Um, you know, Alabama is going to have the number one recruiting class because 90% of the top recruits have all, um, all signed already on the dotted line. And I like this early signing period simply because, you can get all the hoopla out of the way. I know in February all our all the, the diehards they, they have undefeated records and they wanna see these kids put on hats and jerseys and hoodies and all this other stuff on and they I, they're like me. I, I take a personal day off of work and I literally sit in front of my T V with whatever food I have. This is college football Super Bowl. 
the for recruiting because everyone's undefeated and this young you're putting the the hopes and dreams of a whole or a whole university on one 18 year old or maybe even a 17 year old over the next the course of the next four years and this kid might not even be good. I mean, and and then you wonder why NFL teams NFL teams are so worried. But you know, this is the beginning and. Alabama is keep they just keep on securing really good classes. Uh, they did get Trey Sanders, who he's a. I mean, when, if you if you don't if for the college football fans that don't watch these kids, go get you a huddle account and just go watch these kids. Type their names in and go watch their high school film. It's all there. Huddle is very much like a Twitter or um, a Facebook, but for or YouTube, but for high school football film, and you get to see their highlights and. A lot of what I've seen this year, this class can be really, really elite, uh, especially at the running back position. Um, Alabama also landed uh, offensive tack- tackle Evan Neal. Uh, he's just a just a monster. And, you know, Alabama's landing guys like Jordan Battle, who flipped over from Ohio State, uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, star safety, uh, also – you know, when you look at Daxton Hill, they lost him. Uh, they they lost him to Michigan, who he kept going back and forth. He's the number one safety in the country. And when you have a big blue chip recruit like that, you know what Nick Saban loves in his secondary, those big, tough, Mika Fitzpatrick types, uh, the Ronnie Harrison types, the Mark Barron types. There's so many different ways they can go at safety, but it's such a key position in his defense that when you lose a guy like that to Michigan, you're a little upset. Um, I look at also the Florida Gators, and, and you'll see an SEC trend here because the SEC went Christmas shopping pretty much. Um, the SEC came down to my hometown, Lakeland, Florida, and they went and came and got, came to the Lakeland uh, Dreadnoughts who just happened to win their seventh state title and pick up three of their star players. Uh, Lloyd Summerall, defensive end, Keon Zipper, tight end, as well as um, Devav uh, Hammond, who's a uh, an offensive lineman. And all three of these guys are really, really good players. I had a chance to go see all three of these guys play a couple times, and and they might and the Gators might be in the running for another player next year. Um, and and uh, Bowman next year, the running back. He's he's a big five eleven, two hundred. 205 pound kid by probably by the season starts next year. He's fast, but he's also got that. He's got that run between the tackles. He loves contact, but he has another gear. And when you see him switch into that other gear, it's a crazy. He's really, really good. Um, Ohio State, like I said, those guys, uh, they won the Big Ten when it comes to recruiting. Uh, and that's a good thing because, you know, you have Ryan Day taking, taking the torch from. Uh, Urban Meyer, in which Ohio State decided, we're just going to give you an old NCAA football video game montage of what these recruits are going to look like in a nice gesture to these kids. Um, anything to do, anything you can do to get these kids to come and make them feel good about themselves until you have to de-recruit them. Uh, they picked up defensive end Zach Harrison uh, out of Michigan, and he's going to be a big-time recruit for them. Um, Texas, they missed out on their running back prospects. Uh, Trey Sanders and Noah Kane. Um, Noah Kane, who moved up, who went to Penn State, as well as Trey Sanders, who went over to Alabama. They needed running back help. Um, Texas mm-hmm. is going to need a lot of help at all on the offensive side. 
and that would have been huge because when you get the running game going, you have a quarterback like a, a Shane – I'm sorry, not a Shane uh, – Sam Ellinger, who, who is a bit of a dual-threat guy, and that's what you need. To, the running back has to complement the, the quarterback. Um, for me, I think the, win, the the unsung heroes in all of this have, have been North Carolina and Arkansas, pulling together some pretty good classes with some pretty good quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Actually, North, North Carolina actually stole uh, Florida State's Sam Howell. Uh, quarterback prospect, uh, stole him up from right under the nose. nose and uh, when you see these type of things, it makes it makes me smile. The big schools not getting the big name player that they particularly wanted, and maybe another school within the comp- within the conference even better. Uh, that happens, and I love saying stuff like that. Well, while you're on North Carolina, I definitely have to give a shout out. Um, they also have a signee from Philadelphia. Offensive lineman by the name of Asim Richards. Um, shout out to that young man. Uh, his mom is a friend of mine. We go back to first grade. And it's exciting oh. to, to see her son living his dreams. And she's always been a sports mom. So it's exciting to see how excited she is about this whole thing. So I'll be watching a little bit more North Carolina football in the next few years. Um as a offensive lineman, 6'5", 285 pounds from the Haverford School in, uh, in uh, Philadelphia. He's a three-star prospect who is ranked the number six player in the state of PA and the number, two, and the number 42 overall offensive tackle um, in the nation. So, um, again, shout out to him. The two-sport player. He also played basketball. I don't know if he's going to go to North Carolina and try to do his uh, – his uh, Julius Peppers thing, but we'll be watching some uh, some and some UNC football coming up. Uh, any other signing day? Uh, for me, when I look at Nolan Smith, defensive end, Georgia, uh, he's the number one overall prospect in the country. That wasn't really surprising. I kind of figured he'd end up there. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, we talked about this on Quicksland. He made his way over to Oregon. I want to know how much Oregon dropped in that bag. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out Quicksland and you know, you'll, you'll understand. I'll leave it there. Uh, that's a nice little plug there. Um, but for me, when I, I look at uh, Jaden Hasselwood, uh, all, an All-American, he, he's going to be making his, his choice on January 5th. He's down to Florida State, Tennessee, Georgia, Miami, and Oklahoma. He's a really big, tall, rangy receiver. Uh, one of those, he has that AJ Green type of feel to him. Uh, that's the kind of guy that Miami, a Miami team, you know, I'm looking for uh, a lot of different recruits because Miami's really, they, there was a mass exodus uh, from the U because of the coaching change on the defensive side of the ball, uh, losing De- uh, Manny Diaz to Temple of all places. Why do you? Why does Temple always come back to to bite the U? That's that's a terrible trade. That was a terrible trade. We got Al Golden and they got I don't they got Manny Diaz. I don't get it. I don't like it. Cannot play with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Mark Can't Rick do it. Hot seat, Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, and for me, I think also uh, when I look throughout the throughout the country, you're going to see a lot of big time recruits. Uh, wanting to start early, and that's going to be one of the things that these teams are going to have to – if you're promising these type of things, you have to go through with it. Because if you don't, 
uh, you will you'll have a situation like a um, like a Justin Fields who he'll actually be playing. There was reports he can actually he's actually going to play in the bowl game. He hasn't actually decided to transfer or not. Georgia's having to not only recruit the young high school players, but now they have to recruit within the org within the, the within their locker room. And you can say that not only for Georgia, but also for Miami, who they have a lot of players that either can leave or transfer other elsewhere. Um, just like a Jaron Williams, who decided to transfer after um, a Malik Rozier, he's graduating. But then you have uh, Nikosi Perry, who didn't play great as a redshirt freshman going into his redshirt sophomore season. Jaron could have stayed in pocket unless he was just he just felt like he's never going to get an opportunity to play, even if there's a quarterback competition, which there should be. Um, and I think the biggest. I think probably the biggest thing, the last two things, Texas A&M under Jimbo Fisher, number three in the country so far, and we have a long way to go until um, early January uh, on that on the actual national signing day. Uh, but for me, that's huge because he came in, he set the culture up, and he's doing what he did at Florida State, but now he has the resources. Uh, of College Station in his hands. And they didn't have a terrible season. They didn't have a great season, but they didn't have a terrible season. And good old Bear Bryant, his grandson is now at Alabama, Paul Tyson, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He has decided to sign on uh, to the family business, I should hmm. say. Uh, so this will, this will be a very interesting one. How, how, that, how much pressure will he be under, especially coming in, you're going to have to be – you're coming in with Tua Tungabaiolo's little brother who's not – he's committed, but he hasn't signed on the dotted line yet. So how much will that affect his decision? I mean, his family moved all the way here – all the way here from Hawaii. I don't think he would, you know, not go to Alabama, but I've seen stranger things. All right. So there you have it. Uh, that's what happened in early signing day, man. Let's time. Let's move over to some NFL stuff. Um, you know, you guys out there, you probably heard me say something to Gus about changing my pick for the Carolina and Falcons game, and that's because Cam Newton uh, will be inactive for this game, and most likely they'll be shutting Cam down for the remainder of the season, which for the Panthers is only going to be one extra week from now, but um, still (laughs) he's, he's still dealing with the shoulder soreness. Um, Not really sure, not really hundred percent if he's going to have to, um, if this is going to result in off season surgery, but um, Cam is going to be most likely shut down. They keep saying most likely because if there's any way that coming into week 17, they're still alive for a playoff bid, I believe that they're going to, you know, they're going to trot him out there and play him. But without Cam playing, like, what are, what do you think their prospects are of even making it a week 16 alive, let alone going into 17 with a chance to make the playoff? If they need a lot of stuff to fifth, happen. If an if was <laughs> we'd all be drunk. There is no chance. There is no <laughs> Chance. First off, you have to survive the tenth best offense in the league with a fourteen hundred yard receiver, and yet this team is still 
just a middling five and nine team. So that tells you a ton. And yet you want to keep up in a shootout. I mean, your defense is going to be on the field a lot because you're punting the football. And at some point that that's going to be a problem. And the Falcons kind of got healthy on defense, maybe at the wrong time because they're kind of out of it. So I don't see it. I don't see the prospects of the Panthers making the playoffs. If he did come back in some miraculous way, they just, they became the 85 players and they just put on a defensive show, a defensive clinic and he had a chance to come back. I still, I think the results would be a lot of the same of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Cam is just banged up, man. It's, you know, the, he can't throw a football farther than maybe 10, 12 yards with any real velocity. Yeah. And you know, velocity is Cam's thing. Like he doesn't always know, Exactly where the ball is going to go, but he always throws it hard. So, so if Cam Newton doesn't have that, then he's not really Cam Newton. So let's go to the standard NFC with another team that's having almost the exact same situation, and that's my Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz was ruled out of last week's game versus the Rams, and he also had a designation of most likely being shut down for the rest of the season. But just like the Carolina Panthers, the team refuses to put the guys on IR because I think everybody's holding out hope. Um, Of course, Carson Wentz is not a shoulder situation. It actually has a broken vertebrae in his back. This was actually Carson Wentz um, two weeks ago after the game when he found out. Mike, were you really sick this week? What was the problem? I broke my back. What do you mean by that? Your back is broken. What, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. <laughs> spinal. So, you know, just like clockwork. Uh, and, and I think the Eagles pretty much were, you know, open to keeping him out of last week's game because nobody, probably including the Eagles themselves, thought that they had much of a shot to beat the Los Angeles Rams. Enter Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Uh, Offense looks much better. Uh, They go out, put some points on the board, get in front of the Rams, and hold on for a victory. Defense played uh, a little bit better until, you know, the frantic time came when they had to hold them off, hold off a comeback. Um, So now you have the chatter. You know, Nick Foles goes out, he wins the biggest game of the year, one of the two games that no one gave them a chance um, of winning in the first place, the first game being the Saints game, and then, you know, then, you know, there was this game. Um, I think pretty much a lot of people were down on them as far as this week was concerned as well, but now there's more optimism um, to beat the Houston Texans because they did go into L.A. for the second year in a row and take care of the Rams this time as a huge 13 point underdog. So, you know, the chatter is here, Fred, what are your thoughts on the chatter? You know, a lot of people are are saying, you know, man, Nick Foles could come in and light that fire again and get lucky and somehow get this team into the playoffs and make another run. And then you have some people that deal in extremes and, saying Nick Foles is a better quarterback for this team than uh, Carson Wentz, what say you? This one's tough because Nick Foles does everything. He he makes the right play. 
He doesn't kill you, and he can get a little. He gets a little funky with it every now and then. He knows he's he's that guy. He's a bottom barrel starter in the league, and that's saying a lot because I mean we've seen Nathan Peterman start in this league, so I don't want to disrespect the man by calling him Nathan Peterman, but he's a he's a bottom thirty two starter. So he the Eagles have one of those situations where they they're in good hands. The offense doesn't have to change because Nick Foles is. He's, he has he doesn't have great wheels. He doesn't have, even have Carson Wentz's torn ACL wheels. But he has decent enough wheels, and he's a decent enough athlete that if you do want to keep the offense in place, a large portion of it doesn't have to change. Um, right. I think the issues go beyond the quarterback position. The issues are on defense. What you what I call the bomb squad. I mean. Will uh, I'm sorry, um, Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, the Cyborg, and Deshaun Watson are going to be the problems the Eagles have. Don't worry about scoring points. You'll be able to score points. As long as you don't go at that J.J. Watt guy, go the other way, you'll be fine. But the problem is going to be on the defense, on the back end. It's the back end to be, in, to be particular because you can get after, this, uh, get after Deshaun Watson. The offensive line isn't great for the Texans. So See, that was the whole. Is, that was the whole thing, Fred. You know, all season with with Carson Wentz, um, the offense showed its ability to score points, but it was always in the second half, always when they were down. Last week was a, you know, it was refreshing to see, you know, that they not get down in the first half because they were able to put some points on the board in the first half. Um, for me, you know, I, I'm mostly in agreement with you. Like Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Nick Foles. Now, the situation here, like Carson Wentz, I think, like they don't have to. You were right about you know not having to change the offense much because you know he knows the system and he can pretty much do everything. But what I think they do when Nick Foles comes into the to the fray, you know they're not putting that franchise quarterback type pressure on them. And they're not trying to Carson Wentz is kind of a dynamic talent where you're asking him to do a whole lot. Nick Foles, he's a different kind of backup where you're still asking him to do some quarterbackly things. I just made that word up quarterbackly things. You're not just asking him to manage the team, but you tend to get more balanced when he's there. You know, the running game gets sparked a little bit more, before you, you know, Doug Peterson gives it more of a chance before he gives up on it and he scraps it. Um, Nick Foles, I don't know. It's, it's just something about him. As much criticism as he's taken over the years from Eagles fans, um, from national fans, from everybody once you went to Jeff Fisher's system. Like, I, I give him a pass on that because Jeff Fisher is the quarterback ruiner. But um, throughout all of that, at least in a green uniform, all this guy does is win. <laughs> all he does is win. Like the, the first season that he jumped onto the scene with the 27 touchdowns and the two interceptions. Got him to the playoffs. Hey, in the playoff game against the Saints, left the field with a lead. It's on you, defense. Go get him. Defense couldn't hold on to it. Um, the year – that Chip Kelly basically gave up on him because he was never quite his guy before he got injured and Sanchez had to come in and ruin the rest of the season. Nick Foles was six and two. 
he comes back, <laughs> puts the team, you know, in position with, with with the team already in position, but with the world thinking that, oh, it's impossible now, they're done, leads this team to a Super Bowl victory. So it's like in a green uniform, all this dude does is win. So he makes the situation a little bit more optimistic. I'm not one who thinks – I mean, of course, I think it's in the realm of possibility, but I don't think the Cowboys – are going to lose their last two games um, because we all know how it flips. If they lose their last two and the Eagles win their last two, the Eagles actually steal the division. So I still think we're in this to fight for the wild card spot that some teams like, you know, the Vikings and, and Seahawks are still leaving open to lowly teams in the NFC East, uh, like the Eagles and the, the Washington professional team. Like they're still mathematically – involved in this whole thing and never in my wildest dreams that I think the NFC East would even have a possibility going into week 16 to have two teams enter <laughs> into the NFC playoff race. So I don't know, man. I, I told you on cover two that looking at this thing long-term, like maybe a week or two ago, just looking at the rest of the season and what the prospects were, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, whoever was back there, I thought we had a chance to beat the Texans. I had, I thought we had no chance to beat the Rams. See, but I'm such a, you know, I've grown up in Eagles fans. I'm, I'm so pessimistic. At this point, I'm like, all right, we beat the Rams. So now we're due to choke, even though I thought Houston and Washington could have been wins. They're going to choke somewhere along the line. And what would be the worst thing ever is to actually beat Houston and then choke against Washington. <laughs> that would be that you know that's like wrist slitting type stuff right there. Yeah, but, um, that's that's when you're you're getting into very dangerous territory. Um, <laughs> for me, I look, for me when I look at you guys, I, I, the only thing I, I worry about is it, it's it's really it's the secondary. If the second, I would actually be okay with everything about this team if that secondary wasn't the bomb squad and you weren't playing the team that you know, are able to – Deshaun Watson can extend plays, and you see the improvement with Demarius Thomas, who people act like he's a, he's ancient, and he's only like 31 at this right. point. He's not old. He's still a capable football player. You know, I, I don't I don't see where the, where the disconnect is. Um, and also, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a field day with you guys, just just so you understand oh, yeah. that. And the fact that Deshaun Watson can extend plays, the Eagles secondary have trouble guarding on, you know, a bang-bang two, three-second play. So imagine how it's going to look when Deshaun Watson is out scrambling outside of the pocket and moving receivers around as he's doing it. It's going to be a disaster. I mean, you saw what Dak Prescott did, too. He had his – even though, you know, the eye test will tell you if you were looking. He had some terrible moments in that game. It wasn't all great, but he had the best statistical game of his life a few weeks ago because of his ability to extend plays. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be rough sledding, but you know, everybody's shocked with this win, and everybody has that Nick Foles fever going on right now, even though, you know, three-quarters of Philadelphia never believed in him. Until he proved them wrong last season. Maybe he'll be the quarterback of your team next season, Fred. Because from what I hear, Tom Brady, you know, by a lot of accounts, the GOAT, I hear he's fallen off a cliff. I hear the decline is finally imminent. 
say it ain't so. I hear that Tom Brady is so. no longer an alien. They said he's really human under all of that stuff. What's going on? Man, I mean, it's crazy. I hear this. I swear I hear this. I have to make this. I have to defend this, like, at least once a year. Um, and it feels like this year I've had to defend it more than normal. It's, oh, Tom Brady's falling off the cliff. Belichick can't coach anymore. What are they doing? Um, for me, when I look at this team, um, we always say the lifeblood of any team is the fat boys up front, and especially for any quarterback. When you, have, you lose your left tackle, you put in essentially a rookie who has never played a real, any real meaningful snaps. Um, you don't, your, your tackles aren't great. Your running game has been mediocre, inconsistent. Uh, you, and then you have a Josh Gordon come in and you think, oh, this is going to be great. And then you get the news today that dropped and my, my heart sank. It hit the floor. I, I, I remember what, you know, those moments where I remember where I was, you know, all of these things happen. I remember I was in the middle for those of just to pull back the curtain. I'm a, I'm a teacher in my daily life. Uh, when I'm not doing this and I'm in the middle of a class teaching my class, my phone goes off. I'm wondering what's going on. And I walk over to my desk after I've finished giving instructions and I see Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely. And I say, yeah, he can't stay off the stuff. So you have your top receiver who came in after five games and is the almost receiver on the team and even he has that Randy Moss effect I'm not saying he's Randy Moss folks he has the Randy Moss effect he draws coverages to uh to himself he can get double coverages to himself all of these things help Tom Brady uh with with the Josh Gordon but when you have all of the issues up front the running game's not there then you have a leaky defense that just looks slow and unathletic um, you're not seeing the blue chip prospects. There's a lot of different things. Brady's had a couple of YOLO balls this year, especially the one against the Steelers. But I'm sorry, I don't, I don't see the, the zips that's still there. The, the, I mean, he still looks like he wants to be there. He's not going through the motions. It's not that type of, uh, of situation where he just doesn't want to do this. But the pieces around you make you look a lot better than what you are. And even as wow. good as Tom Brady is, even he can't overcome average players. Well, I'll tell you what I see. But first of all, you know, before I do that, tell your man Josh. Stay away from the crack, which I think is pretty good advice. Unless you can manage it socially, Dan. If you can manage it socially, then go for it. But <laughs> not a lot of people can, you know. And Josh Gordon is one of them. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a second. What I see with Tom Brady and the Patriots, like you said, this is something that we see every year. Usually it's in the beginning of the year. Patriots may lose two of their first four games or something. Everybody said, oh, the, the dynasty's over. The run is over, blah, blah, blah. And then the Patriots end up in the damn Super Bowl again. Um, you know, at, at this well, point in your again, life, but... at, at this point in your life, when you're – 38-plus, and Tom Brady's 41 years old now, every bad game you have has to be examined, (laughs) has to be surgically examined um, as Father Time knocking on your door. We we know it. You know, it's hot takes, the pundits, they got to go to extremes at at all times. 
So I laugh at it every season as as well as you do because you kind of know what the results are going to be. However, Brady Trash always mentioning that Brady is 41 years old. So at some point, and I I know a lot of people like this, you know, who don't know a damn thing about sports, but they make the same they make the same predictions every year. And at some point, if you make the same prediction for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years, at some point your ass got to be right. At 41 years old, like, could this just be, okay, it's the, it's the trials and tribulations. They're bored. And then, you know, he we'll tried. see them turn it on again for the playoffs, and then they're right back in it. But like I said, but I cannot ignore that the man is 41 years old. Like he trash. Maybe this is it. But you know, I'm one of those people. The trolls coming out. I'm not going to believe it. No, no, no. I'm not going to believe it until I actually see it. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm I'm just trying to see the thought process of some of the people that jump right to that every time a man throws a bad pass. Like maybe that's what's going on. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, he's hey, old listen. as hell. <laughs> I, I, I haven't, I haven't, wa- I haven't watched one Patriot snap in two years, right? But I can tell you this: someone sent me a clip of a picky through this past week, and it might have been the single worst pass I've ever seen him or anybody. Oh, yeah. Yolo pass, <laughs> Yolo pass. That was a Yolo pass. So based, I've based never seen Tom Brady do anything like that. Based on that one play, <laughs> this squad is done. And I've been waiting for That's this true, day. Though, with, because I've been waiting for this Jimmy's day for so long for him to go. But he's seen that pass from Brett Favre. At least when Brett Favre does it, his arm is so strong, it doesn't look as bad as what Tom Brady did that, the other day. Like, yo, it's yeah, no it, 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 thing worse than that. Sadly, <laughs> he, he, it, it, in real time, you, I'm thinking, Brady, are you who are you trying to throw this to? It looked like it was trying to go, he was trying to go to Gronk, but honestly, I think he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but to avoid the – to avoid he was off his back foot. He, he was. It, it was so many things wrong with that play that you know I'm not gonna lie. I got a kick out of it because I'm telling you, once he's going and Belichick's going, then I want to see all these so-called not you forever. I want to tell these so-called Patriots fans if they really are Patriots fans because I got a feeling there's gonna be a lot of people like shifting squads. Oh, I know. Oh, they're gonna, gonna be, be jumping like they're gonna be jumping off that joint like the Titanic. Squad. They're gonna be holding on yeah, to little wooden pieces frozen, frozen in the fans. water. <laughs> I'm praying yeah. Josh McDaniels stays around. I, I'm praying. I, the dream scenario was Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo, but that never happened. So at this at this point, don't you think he has to though? Because you know he turned down another job, and you know rumors of that were was because he was promised the job once uh, Belichick leaves. And I, I really can't see Belichick starting over under a new young quarterback. No, he's I not think going anywhere. When Tommy goes, he's pretty much gonna go. But we'll see, you know. He's gonna be out. He's gonna be out here. He's gonna be honestly, looking like Papa. Honestly, the game passing by. Uh-huh. Honestly, I think talking about how the game corny now. Yeah, <laughs> I think Papa the whole whole thing like yo, the game corny now. It ain't me. Everybody else corny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. He, he completely flipped it. Um, I, and I see them. I th- I think it's a you had a you have it backwards. I think. Um, Belichick's been trying to push Brady out for the last few years and have Jimmy Garopp because he saw when, when Brady was out for those four games a couple of years ago, we got to see I, but, a little bit of a 
We but now, Fred, now that that Jimmy's happen, gone, ain't man. No more, ain't no more Jimmy's, though. Ain't no more Jimmy's, though. That's the problem. Gone. Yeah. Jimmy's gone, so he but don't that, have time. That has Jimmy got sold. Him, Try to get position in the lane. You are going the other way because that whistle is blown. And I miss and I miss the old days because I I love watching the Warriors. I love I call the Warriors uh, style of basketball nowadays beautiful basketball because I love the passing. But I love I love the post game. I mean that's the one thing. Even for guards, guards post game beautiful man because it show that footwork. But you know what, Jimmy? I see yeah, So so the fact that Jimmy reminded me of that, I was wrong. It ain't about LeBron learning how to post to get 10 more years. All you got to learn to do is shoot a four-point shot because that's coming. There you go. <laughs> there you, you get go. your range together. But you know, my friend, though, the post game is – I think both are beautiful when they work, right? So when the Warriors are on and they're passing Chris and the three is falling, it's like, yo, it's amazing. But when you watch, like, a, a Pete Newell coach team, like that Sacramento team that almost beat the Lakers, when you watch them at their peak, the yes, way they play yeah, the post game yeah. and they cut – that was a thing of beauty too. So I think both both things can be beautiful when they're working, um, mm-hmm. but it's like a lost art. But when you watch the when you watch that, uh, I'm pretty sure both of you guys saw at least some of that um, that basketball history of basketball. What was it called? History of basketball. That ESPN. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watching it piecemeal. But when you watch when you watch those old from back in the day when the game was moving so slow, it's like 
things just progress. Like things progress, and you yeah. know some of the guys that watch that like old nineteen fifty football probably looked at the eighties game and said it was too brutal. Because like when the eighties came around, the stuff that we love, people say, "Yo, this is football." Because they was out there, it's <laughs> like you know, it was. Some people considered that too. Physical. Yeah, guys getting their head taken off. Yeah, yeah. They under no, so, the eighties is disrespectful to the game. I ain't gonna front. Yeah, even <laughs> though, I, I, listen. A lot of times, people tell me that basketball is it, it used to be beautiful. I say, okay, go watch the Knicks Heat series and tell me that the game was beautiful back in the nineties when it when it was fifty eight to sixty. The um, and tell the me 80s, how beautiful that was. The eighties were brutal, but I think the beauty was still. You know, they were still scoring points. I think the beauty of the eighties was in the fast break, especially with your team, the, the Lakers. There was a lot of yeah. fast break basketball. The nineties kind of slowed it down, um, with a lot of lot more ISO ball in the nineties. Um Yeah, the hero right, ball because, yeah. because of the ball. Mike yeah. <laughs> He's a Mike ball. Um yeah, so he he, he bought that. So now Doug, I don't would know. you want to watch something ugly when ESPN Classic shows like a heat Knicks game from like the Pat Rally days when he was on either side of that? Yo, you talk yeah. about something ugly? The exciting part oh, about yeah, no that games, is you no knew games. the most exciting oh, part about that is you knew that a rumble could break out at any given yeah, moment. Yeah, nobody was getting in a fight. Well, that's what you was waiting for. Yeah. Like somebody, even though basketball players can't fight, you know, somebody gonna get stole. So real quick, Fred, before we uh, finish up this football talk, um, we we you mentioned it when you were talking about Brady, but your man can't get right, aka Josh Gordon, um. I don't know. When I first heard the report, they were trying to play it as if it was his decision. And then I saw afterwards the suspension mm-hmm. yeah, come down. I saw that. Um, I saw the reports where Josh Gordon was out there talking about, uh, you know, I, I need to get my, my head together, mental illnesses, this and that. And I'm like, okay, it seems like, you know, maybe he did relapse. I'm thinking that in my mind, but he caught himself and decided to make a mature decision. And then a couple of hours later, it was like, well, he's indefinitely suspended. I'm like, oh, Josh, you fooled me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to spin it right for him. They tried to do right by him, but it just – he can't leave the alcohol alone. He can't leave the marijuana alone. And, you know, when I hear – it goes beyond <laughs> football. Stay off the weed. <laughs> <laughs> Let me – this is one of his quotes. He said, I take my mental health very seriously at this point to ensure I remain able to perform at the highest level. I recently felt like I could have be- I could have a better grasp on things mentally. With that said, I will be stepping away from the football field for a bit to focus on my mental health. I would like to thank Coach Belichick, Mr. Kraft. Um, you know, he thanked a whole a bunch of other Patriots and said, uh, as I continue to down the path to getting back to 100%. So I'm reading this earlier like, Okay, you know, he's making a mature decision. He may have made an immature decision to get to his mature decision. And then, like I said, I hear, well, he violated his probation. He he violated his reinstatement terms um, and violated the substance abuse policy. And I'm like, oh, come on, son. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You got yeah. busted again. Yeah. You just tried to preempt the situation. It, he, tried to get, he got in front of it before the other yeah. – they got Give in front of it with those kind of things. Yeah, it was an effort. And, and for me, it. when I look at it, I say this is beyond football. You know, hearing the stories of this man was drinking – he was literally before games drinking Grand Marier, sitting there like, oh, I just go down smooth. This, I need this right here. 
before I Jim, he like your man from uh, Playmakers. <laughs> he like uh, <laughs> Omar Gooding from Yo, Playmakers. My man the crazy had his deal and meet him in the tunnel at halftime. Yeah, he used to do much. heroin off the trash can. In the- <laughs> yeah, that, show, that show was that show was hard. Yes. Man, that show was yo, you so can't fun. find that nowhere now. Like your NFL had yo, that thing. NFL, yeah, they, yeah. Um, but, um, it's funny they did that to playmakers, and they can't do that to some of these videos. That's getting them more flat. <laughs> I know yeah, Kareem Hunt. Like that, y'all could have playmaker my video. Ray Rice. The crazy yeah, part I, about Josh Gordon is. Um, you know, I, I honestly feel sorry for the brother because it stopped being funny because now you realize that this dude really has a problem for one. Yeah, Two, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more, and it probably does. We just don't know about it. But mm-hmm. um, in the world we live in, when all these young boys seem to be drug addicts on some sort of opioid, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I hope he gets his life together because it's still life after football, dog. Yeah, there's life after – see, and – I think too, and I and I like the fact that he he's taking responsibility versus before you know he you're hanging out with Johnny Manziel. That that's a great idea. That was the greatest idea in the world. But now it's it kind of shows the maturity. Yeah, you messed up, but you you were accountable for it. Now you've got a day for effort for trying now, to get out of now, now you're going to be you going to be too far <laughs> in my opinion. To, because I'm trying to put him in a good light. You got it. We got to you know, We got to see how this plays out. Like did he? I mean, at this point, he had no choice but to accept responsibility for it. Like like yeah. Dev said, he knew it was coming down the pipe. So I mean, time will tell how serious he takes it because he's apologized before and said that he, you know we we've heard the. You know, I got to work on me type situation, but you know, I, I guess the best thing I can say is, um, you show us through your actions. You can say whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. I will say too, you can't patriot your patriot way your way onto a guy like that. You can't say, oh, we're gonna just he got he has to follow the patriot way about an addiction. You can patriot way your uh, a guy about maybe going out too much, or you know, you can't you can't go gambling or something like that. You can do that because you can, you can put that, that, in, that structure around him. But this is a whole different beast. I mean, this is something that he needs somebody that maybe has gone through something like this and has come out on the other side of it and kind of get, have some kind of mentor, something, something needs to happen where he, or that way he doesn't have that, you know, the going down that real, real dark path. Ah, pray for the brother Josh. That's all I got to say, man. Um, I mean, he's talking like he's coming back. It it would seem to me that he's pretty much done in the NFL. Like, how old are you going to be <laughs> by the time you you come back? And I, I don't know, man. It's it's a crazy situation. All right, so Fred, real quick, we're not going to go through the, the rosters. If anybody wants to go through the whole rosters and all that kind of stuff, y'all can listen to Cover Two when that's posted. But before we uh, finish up on your segment, just tell us who some Pro Bowl snubs are, some people you think got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Uh, Darius Leonard was the number one on, on that one for me, over 140 tackles for the Colts, middle linebacker out of a uh, – Rookie. Uh, they trying to make him earn yeah, his stripes. Like, they like, come on, Rook. Yeah. We're we not putting you yeah, in the game, Rook. Yeah, a snub for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I probably have to say Alvin Kamara, but if I'm gonna uh, and and I'll just leave it at that. If you want to know why I say Alvin Kamara, go watch, go listen to Cover Two, 
but those no, maybe. But no, that's that's a that's a legitimate like it's a legitimate concern. But then you look at how crowded you know yeah. the, the the backfield is because I think <laughs> Kamara and McCaffrey should definitely be Pro Bowlers. But then you think, all right, then who are you gonna take out? Zeke. Who are you taking out? Tom Barkley or uh, uh, who's the third? Uh, uh, Saquon, it, was Saquon, it was Zeke, Saquon, and, to- and Todd Gurley. So, yeah, yeah. who, who are you Gurley. taking so, out of there? So, like, who the hell yeah, are you taking out of there? Um, I guess since, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, take Zeke out, but <laughs> I'm hating. <laughs> uh, but, but he's also <laughs> but leading Todd Gurley rookie yardage. He was getting MVP <laughs> consideration earlier in the season. So, it's like, you can't take him out. But Alvin Kamara is kind of like the, the engine that makes that Saints offense go. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, it's hard to call snubs there. But at the same time, it's like, you know, all right, somehow you got to find a way to get these dudes into the game. Um, Andrew I will Luck should say be Tom Brady had Tom, Tom Brady has no business being in that thing yeah. at all. None. Andrew None. Luck should be in the Pro Bowl. Tom Brady should be sacking his old ass down somewhere. Andrew Luck will be in the Pro Bowl because he was named an alternate, and Tom Brady's not going to play in the Pro Bowl. Um, probably because he's going to end no, up in the Super Bowl, Bowl again. No, because we're going to be in the Super Bowl. Nah, I'm Or his old ass is going to say, I don't feel like doing this no more. I don't have anything to prove. I don't even like these young boys, so I don't need to be hanging in Orlando <laughs> with them all week. So, um, so either way, Andrew Luck is going to be in there, but you know, I always not people always talk to me about Donovan McNabb. Oh, he's a six time Pro Bowler. Yeah, but about good three or four of those times he was an alternate and got in because somebody didn't feel like playing. So I don't think that's the hundred percent most honorable way to get into the game, but I do think in in this case, you know, luck deserved to be there. So I guess it won't be as bad when when Brady decides that he's not gonna play. Um, anybody else before we finish up on this? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and his one interception. Yeah, I'm calling out the God. I'm call yeah, I'm calling them out. Oh, <laughs> um, metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but, but yeah, you have one interception and that's no, I'm sorry, you have two interceptions now because you, you had that streak broken. But I'm sorry, but how is it that yeah, you you either throw it out of bounds? or you make a, a decent throw. You have the most yardage amongst all quarterbacks on throwaways because simply uh, it's, it's not there. I'm not, it's not the perfect throw, so I'm not going to throw it. It could be, be a throw. So you're, saying, so you're saying Aaron Rodgers is the throwaway king now because he doesn't yeah. want to turn the ball over. So instead he's of throwing the ball into harm's way like his predecessor, he he's mm-hmm. throwing stuff away instead of he's not, trying. He's That's not something to be said there. Because you look at that, Jimmy. What do you think is worse? Way. What do you think is worse, Jim? Because I know you you know you've had a lot of criticism for far throughout his career, at least the end of it. What's worse, throwing well, it away to keep your stats right, or recklessly thinking you can make every damn throw and tearing your um, stats apart? Favre is still worse, and Favre's trash his whole career, not just the end. But I think Favre is worse. I think Favre is worse because, I mean, you can. You, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's completely evident that Aaron Rodgers is doing that. But there's nothing worse. Not than the football first time I've heard of it. It's going around. There's, 
I mean, but you also got to understand but, that Fred, but people right? also Fred, exaggerate Fred, what Russell Westbrook does when he gets triple double. But, but so Fred, once people start but you got to understand, but, 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 but people that hate Russell Westbrook is because they love someone else, and that's right. similar to Fred. Fred has been known to criticize Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Fred has been known to criticize Aaron Rodgers because what he's, what he's doing is he's sideways digging up his guy. So you got to mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, the worst thing you can do in football – the worst Scotty thing you on. can do in football is to have a turnover. There's nothing worse than a turnover. True that. All right. We'll see. We'll, we'll ask around. We'll get some people's opinions on this uh, to see what everybody thinks. See what's, what's worse. Um, you know, because a lot of people think he's he stat padding a little bit. Um, but then, you know, sometimes the smart thing to do is to throw it away. So it it could become a situation where you know, some of these things, he might be making the exact right decision, but now that that's in people's heads, you know, they're going to start accusing him of other stuff. But Fred, man, you know, we appreciate you always holding us down, man. Um, <laughs> held us down on this football segment, college and professional. Um, like I told you guys, you could check out Fred and myself, uh, mostly Fred on Quick Slant because he's the college football guru. I'm just dude who sets him up and throws the alley-oops, um, but on cover two with McMillan and Purdue, that's the NFL show. You guys can check that out as well. Just check out both of them on the War Room Sports YouTube page, but uh, we appreciate it, good bro. All right, guys, thanks for having me on, man. Hey, I'm just letting you know, um, cover two and cover two might be making having a few guests, so Dale, be on the lookout. I got some, I got some Christmas gifts for the people. All right. So, all right, just let me know when Joe Montana coming, and I'll hook it up. So, <laughs> all right, man, we'll wrap to you next week. All right, guys. All right, Fred, peace. No doubt. Fred Purdue, everybody. The the overall football man, he, you know, he's a college football guru, but the dude lives and breathes and probably football. All right, <laughs> real quick before we get into some other stuff, y'all know what the deal is. Y'all can check out our website at worldroomsports.com. But, you know, if you want to holler at us and speak to us about any of today's topics, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. See, we got some callers on the line. Just hold tight real quick. Uh, Let us introduce this next segment, and we will get to those phone lines. And uh, while y'all were on the grind, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. You guys are tired of reading the same old sports books with the same lists, rankings, LeBron, Jordan, Kobe comparisons, imaginary starting lineups, which one of these teams will beat this team, all that both. All that subjective information is being passed off as facts these days. Be sure to pick up your copy of sports. It's an acronym, folks, so stay with me. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture, because that's what we grew up on. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat and it'll keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. And it's written by World Room Sports' very own Jimmy the Blueprint. So uh, if you want to get your copy, just go to sportsthebook.com. Get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Wherever you get your copy from, just make sure you get your copy. That's all we got to say on the matter. All right. While y'all were on the grind, Monet Davis, 
Y'all might remember her from the Little League World Series a few years ago when she was throwing heat for that team from Philadelphia. She's going to Hampton University, and she's going there to play softball. Yes, she's still a basketball aficionado. She wants to be a point guard, but she had an ankle injury um, reportedly uh, about a year, year and a half ago, which kind of diminished all of the offers or at least the looks that she was getting from schools as far as basketball is concerned. So I have no doubt whatsoever, no doubt in my mind that, you know, once she gets down to Hampton, even though she'll be on scholarship for softball, I'm pretty sure she can walk onto that basketball team. Um, you know, from, from all accounts, she has some skills, but man, that's a, that's a small black HBCU at the very least. You know, you throw her on any damn team she want to get on because that'll get you some of the much-needed publicity that you need for some of these programs. Jim, what was your thoughts when you heard that she was going I to HBCU? I completely support HBCUs. All of us are products of HBCUs. Um, I, I was I was happy about it. Um, I think it's an amazing opportunity. I wish more of our, ours would go to HBCUs, but I understand why not when you get off of some of these schools and, and they show you those facilities. Like, like they show I've you the facilities and they show you the bag. <laughs> yo, I've seen Duke's campus and it's like, yo, how do I not, how do I say no to this? But, no, but like, yo, they weight room history. better than they whole arena. Yo, they <laughs> weight room better than my dorm. But yo, um, <laughs> can I sleep in, I'd rather sleep in their weight room. But yo, seriously though, if you understand history and, and the, um, the reason that HBCUs exist, uh, then you can't help but to feel proud that, uh, you know, she chose to do this. Um, it also makes me realize just how damn old I'm getting. Like, if she went through high school. Like, yo, I remember uh-huh, it, was like it was yesterday she was in the Little League World Series. Yeah, now she's on campus. And, you know, um, the young fellas at Hampton, man, y'all got to chill because I've been on Hampton's campus, and I know how y'all young men down there hat. You know, they're going to be trying to um, get a They're going to try to get a match on their belt. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, remember her? She was on the magazine. Yeah, I, 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 yo, shout out, shout out to our brothers that went to Hampton. We got a lot of homies that went to Hampton. The tissue and the tape boys, they Hampton dudes, right? Um, no doubt. So make sure y'all, group y'all, y'all, need to, y'all need to go down there and, and talk to y'all young boys, man. Go down there and <laughs> do some community yeah. service, man. We got to protect Monet, man. <laughs> yeah, man. New hashtag, protect Monet. <laughs> it's definitely dope, though, man. I think it's dope, man. And I, um, you know, I always wanted to like see like the Fab Five or like this this Duke freshman class. Somebody go and kind of revolutionize, um, right. you know, uh, college basketball by everybody. Even if it's another school, like I don't I don't care who it is, whoever they do, it'll be my squad. Like, right? I mean, because what they do now is not from bad intentions. You're just not going to find a 17 year old that's that with the kind of impact that we're talking that's woke enough. <laughs> You know, yeah. and you can be you can be as woke as can be, but like you said, once you show these people the facilities and just the the, the buildings and just all the perks of, of playing at a big program, it's very difficult to have you, you know, somewhere catching buses to most of your games and you know going into cafeteria yeah. to go better than your kitchen at your crib. It's, it's, it's difficult to sell that to these dudes who could be going to the Duke and the Carolinas. Is, but we know the, we know like the experience that. of the HBCU. The experience of the right. HBCU is like, that's you know, whatever. 
I think Man, I think, I think you become a better person, coming out, a better adult coming out of the I only gym. applied to HBCUs, and I basically went to the one that gave me the most bread. But I applied only. I think I only applied to like Howard, Hampton, Lincoln. I only applied to HBCUs. Like, yeah, yo, I, I applied to all bread. of them plus Temple. That you, you, you like, you had to apply to yeah. Temple. Like, yo, yeah. crazy part is, temple. yo, Temple was like everybody's safe school. I don't think Temple accepted me. I was like, yeah. how do you not get accepted to Temple when you're from Philly? I didn't think that was possible. Well, I don't even remember, but I think everybody applied to Temple at State School because it's like right in the city. But yeah, like, I thought Temple, you could just make the decision to go there and you just go there. <laughs> like, like, I, I, yeah, well, you know why? Because we take Temple for granted because it's like it's in the city. Like we pass it right. every day. It's on board. But it's really like, a good school. That's just, <laughs> yo, it's especially now. Now they like um they really got their weight up, but. But that being said, though, man, this is a dope move, man. Like, you know, we'll see what happens. Even though she, she got there how she got there, I'm still glad she's there. And, you know, yeah. um, she has success in any sort of way. I hope that, you know, this sets it off. Um, I mean, but it, it they, well, they said that the fact that it was historically black had something to do, you know, with her doing there. Um, I mean, going there. They said her decision to attend the HBCU was partly inspired by the positive experience of her older fr- friends. And um, she had kind of a social, so what's wrong with me, man? Social awakening um, when she met President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama at the White House in 2014, and then when she okay. was on a college tour in 2015, they had just gotten to Washington D.C. and the news of the whole Dylan Roof thing broke and how he shot up a very historically, you know, historical black church and. That kind of stuff kind of okay. hit her and weighed on her. So, you know, they're claiming now that that was a part of it. I'm still like, all right, but if you kind of would have came calling. <laughs> like, Yo, that's fine. But, okay. like, but I'm going to go with that. Yo, she must be represented by Clutch Sports because that's a Clutch Sports story right there. Yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. Clutch put that together. Like, look, that's how we're going to Clutch put it. that together. But that's a good story, <laughs> man. Like, it it's indeed is true, man, because – you know, like I said, it's a reason that these institutions exist. And I was reading something recently that said even to this day in 2018, there are more African American professionals that are HBCU graduates than anything else. Like, so okay. you know, we can look at the crop that went to these big schools, but when it comes to like our professionals, our doctors, our lawyers, our our, our uh, top government guys, or whatever, a lot of them are HBCU products. Like, that's just and the what funny it is. thing is, you know. Here in, in our house, when we're making our decisions of doctors, um, dentists, uh, shoot, even like the insurance company branches that we go to, like mm-hmm. that plays a big part. Like Brandy, she goes yeah. through the whole the list of the network, and she goes to see what school they went to. All of our, Absolutely. all of our, <laughs> all of our physicians got, and stuff are, are HBCU. Same right? here, dog. All all my physicians are HBCU, man. It is what it is, man. So salute to all the HBCUs out there, man. Keep putting our product, um, despite what people think. And uh, you know, salute to Monet Davis too, man. She's from the crib as well. So wish her good luck. Yeah, and can you imagine how yo Hampton softball game is gonna be lit? I don't think anybody's no, ever attended that? a softball game. Like, I ain't no Hampton how many softball, softball games have you attended? You know when when you were yeah, at a black college, none. Yo, none. I don't I don't know if they I, I didn't even re- I probably just now realizing that they even got softball teams. I ain't know about those yo. Softball. You know what's crazy? I, mean, I knew about the volleyball, the, team. the volleyball team. Volleyball team. 
It worked in Saint Man, because they was they was thicker than the snake. Yeah. Yo, it, it, it worked. It worked <laughs> yeah, um, they wore them little shorts that made it even it, more yo, pronounced. Yo. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this, this, and this is this is before the this is before the fake cakes. It's all real cakes. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, <laughs> but it's funny when you look back at like high school and college, and you realize like how many different teams they had that you had no clue. Like, uh-huh. like they had swimming teams and. And um, volleyball you, teams and softball teams. I, you, I was mad like that. Like now that I get to see the game, I'm like, I'm mad. I never got a chance to play soccer. They ain't had that in the hood, yeah. but they had it at our school. But I'm yeah, all kinds of stuff that I didn't know about. Ball. But you know, it is what it is, man. Uh huh. Cricket. <laughs> what kinds of bull? All right, you so might, um, you might, yo, you definitely would have got a scholarship. The black guy to play cricket. Uh huh. Just because you could be garbage. We got uh, another new Earth story. Um, and Uh-oh. if y'all haven't been paying attention, a lot of people in New Earth, it's a lot of trolls in New Earth. They like to wait till you are experiencing your life's greatest moment. And then they go dig up some dumb stuff that you said in the past. Uh, Chicago Bears, and, and some of y'all might not, you know, y'all might not feel this one like y'all feel the other ones because of who it is. And, and what she actually did and said, but Chicago Bears offensive lineman uh, Charles Leno Jr. He proposed to his girlfriend Jennifer Ross right after they finished beating the Green Bay Packers in a big game. She comes out onto the field, you know, he gets down on his knee in full Chicago Bear uniform, asks her to marry her happily ever after for about six, seven hours. Six, seven hours later, the trolls came out. Jennifer Roth, the part I didn't tell you, is a white woman. Jennifer Roth has some tweets <laughs> from back in the day where, you know, she said some things that black people might not really take too well, even though, you know, it's obvious she has an affinity for black people. So let me give you some of the tweets real quick, you know, because of course some of her tweets had the quote-unquote N-word. Um, one of the tweets from back in 2012, she said, it's funny how black guys treat white girls on the campus. Um, it makes me want to go back to talking to white guys. So basically she was already admitting, you know, I don't do nothing but black dudes. And, uh, but the way they treat the, the, the women on the campus, you know, I might have to go back to Tanner and them. Um, another thing that they captured from back in the day, she said, uh, B words <laughs> think they slick. But then they act like N-words. Damn, all my N-words took a loss tonight in the NBA. These hoes be acting up, and these N-words be letting them. (laughs) She be going hard, yo. Another one she allegedly tweeted, ghetto people are always naming their kids after stuff they can't afford. Mercedes, Diamond, Bentley, Pearl, Light Bill, Rent, Car Insurance. That one was kind of funny. That one was kind of funny. That one was kind of funny. Now, this is my thing because I haven't gone, I haven't delved too deeply into this story, Jim. I've seen photos of her. And until the trolls came out and started doing this, like, I had no clue that she was a white woman. So is she maybe mixed race or is she black and the trolls just don't even care because they're trying to stop us from having double standards? That's what I'm trying to, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, if anybody out there knows for sure, Call us three two three. I mean four one zero 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 one two because she looks like she could be a light skinned black woman to me. 
But then know. once maybe I she, got a little she was little white, I can look at her photos and see like, oh, maybe she's mixed. But she, her skin tone doesn't just look like a pure white woman. Yo, I'm maybe confused. she got a little dollars out. But, but either way, man, <laughs> the moral of this story is like, yo, the internet is forever. So just understand that. So those listening, go clean your stuff up right now before you do anything amazing in life. Um, right. And you still, you're still not guaranteed. Um, but I mean, that's crazy. I wonder, like, what's his reaction? You know, um, once that happens. You know, at this point, you dug in, doggy. But but you you know what could, makes me. Makes me believe that she is white, Jim, because in her tweets, like if you look at a series of her tweets, she's always referring to them as black guys, as if she was an outsider. Because if you're black or even if you're half black, why would you always have to be on some I love black guys or black guys this? Because one of the tweets says Jimmy Butler got a win. LOL. Lost for Nash, Mello, and Griffin. Damn, all my N-words took a loss. And then it says I love black guys. (laughs) Or something she said. I, or I love. She said, "I don't know if I love black guys because I love basketball, or if I love basketball because I love black guys." So yeah, she was like really. I guess she thought because you know she got a little bit of poll from some black dudes that she could just say anything she wanted. <laughs> but you know, a like, lot, you know, it, she it, don't it, remember it, slave it, masters it, used to you know they that used to do their thing with black women too. Because I find that often, like I find that often with both men and women, like I find a lot of times when, um, you know, a guy is married to a black woman and he's a white guy that he feels that he can say certain things and have certain conversations and the other way around. Like in this situation, I've actually come across that in life and it's interesting to me because, you know, just because you married someone doesn't give you this, uh, like, you know, um, what's the chick name that plays, um, Meredith Grey, Ellen Pompeo, her name is or whatever. Yeah. Um, she gets criticized often because she has like a black husband and black kids, black and she kids, yeah. consistently tries to speak on black issues. And sometimes, like she can go across, you know, she can cross the line in, in saying some of the things she says. But yeah. I see she that trying often. to help though. Really she don't just be out there like my ninjas and my ninjas <laughs> like this chick. <laughs> no, she, no, 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 no. You, no, she, no. True, she does. But sometimes it comes off as like, like sometimes it can be taken as being like demeaning Wait. and. And like you know, yeah, yeah, you have to chill with how you uh, with how you communicate things, and some, and also right. sometimes because you're online, like you know, tone matters, so right. context matters. So, um, man, I'll say, man, I like, learned context. Seem like the great white hope type person. And... Dog, speak, speaking of that, not to take it off subject, but you sent me a video this week that just made me feel completely stupid. About the uh, murder of Will Smith, talking about talk about context and story matters. You know, it don't blew my mind. That story made him look like a scumbag, yo. And he did. <laughs> he got you know, murked, and he looked like it made a scumbag. Me like a scumbag because without <laughs> digging into the story, I was like, all right, boy, boy, him is over with. Like it got him, and you know, I mean, another, another, another dude off the street yeah. killing all. And I watched that joint like I had look no clue. Boy. It just made like the the, the, the easy. Easy stories just made dude just seem like a thug. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, and I don't want to, like, yeah. I'm trying to hold, like, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but Will Smith, like, he initiated that whole situation. Asshole. Yeah, he initiated oh, the, yo, he was about to hit him with a hit and run. Boy was just yeah. trying to, like, yeah. yo, he boy was going to run after yeah. he hit the dude's car. But for those who don't know what we're talking about, I believe it was Look Vice Sports. 
has a video yeah. on YouTube, and it's called it's about the death of Will Smith. But matter of fact, we'll post it. We'll post it on our, our Facebook page either tonight or tomorrow morning. Yeah. If yeah, you just knew I, that, the outer workings of that story, this could change your whole perspective. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, it made me think about that. We talk about how context matters and tone matters and, like, everything is just not black and white, um, <clears throat> you know. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to her, though, she's out of pocket. She's drawn. You can't say these kind of things. Everything lives forever. Um, I don't know how Boar reacted to it, but I'd be interested to know. Like, and how does that play with your teammates too? When you go back in the locker room, right. <laughs> and, and you didn't break up with her, they're like, "Damn, dog." <laughs> That's how she be talking at you home. You gotta have be telling us. Yo, if your teammates don't troll you, that means they really don't love you anyway. Because, like, if you my homie, even if I even if I'm cool with you still being with her, I gotta like say something just to be funny. Right. Right. If they don't if they don't cook you. If they ain't cooking the ball in the Bears group chat, the Bears ain't really a, a, a good team anyway. But coming. I still have to say, you know, because even though, you know, I don't like some of the same, I still got to keep that same energy when when we talk about these topics, man. There's some miserable people on this earth, man, because yeah. that is the latest trend. They literally wait to your grandest moment. You just got proposed to on national television after the Bears probably their biggest win of the season. And somebody was like, ding, got her. I was waiting for a moment like this. Take her out of the equation. They got my man Kyler Murray as soon as he won the Heisman Trophy. They get ill. Don't stand on a podium winning something Yo, that's the greatest thing you've ever done because it's it's going to happen was, to you was on, within 12, 24 hours. Sunday. I was on Twitter on Sunday, and a bunch of stuff came from my timeline with the Steelers kicker and, like, him using the N-word and saying all kinds of crazy stuff back in the day, like in 2011 or something. I didn't even know what happened. I posted in the group chat, like, oh, he must have did something stupid. And uh, Phil sent me a message, like, yeah, he uh, missed the kick that would have did something on that. I was like, yeah, they're digging up his old tweets. I'm like, yo. That's crazy. They get you either way. You do something bad. They do something good. Like bowling online talking yo. about drinking soft ass <laughs> <laughs> That's why you know like a lot of people, like even people that we know, or just a lot of people on social media, period. Like if they have something going like us, a, a small company, like all of their wins, like people chronicle their wins. And I'm like, yeah. yo, all the stuff that all the talks that we have, you know, in the in the background, stuff that could be coming down the pike. That's why we never talk about that kind of stuff because you throw our stuff out there, we're gonna lose everything we got. So <laughs> pretty much. But this, this is why you gotta live your life. You gotta, People you start snitching this like, over. Uh, you gotta live your life like Cardi B. Cardi B is just like she is who she is, and you what you gonna pull up from her? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What you gonna pull up when she just Cardi B Cardi B B rabbited her whole life. Like <laughs> her whole life is a B rabbit. Pretty much. Like, ain't nothing much. about me. All right, so let's get this, because uh, that's what happened this week while you guys were on the grind. Quick birthday shout-outs. Um, shout-out to David Wright, who turns 36. This is a baseball-heavy uh, birthday um, as well. So shout-out to David Wright, who turns 36. James Shields turns 37. Uh, shout-out to Roy Williams, formerly uh, of the Dallas Cowboys, the wide receiver. He turns 37. David DeJesus, more baseball dudes. He turns 39. Shout out to him. Aubrey Huff, more baseball. He turns 42. Tim Hawk. Remember the safety, Tim Hawk, 
Who did he play for? Yeah. The Cardinals or somebody? Um, um, yeah. Tim yeah, Hawk is 52 Cardinal, years old, man. So we get Why we Nate Newton turned 57 years old. Shout out to him. And a, a rest in peace, shout out to Bobby Fills, we all know, formerly of the Charlotte Hornets, uh, died in that tragic car accident, racing his uh, Ninja Turtle friend. Um, who was their point guard? David Wesley, or Wesley, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, shout out to him. He was born December 20th, 1969. Tragically died January 12th, 2000. Also, RIP to Branch Rickey, you know, the, the, the white man that they – in the movie, they tried to make him out to be a superhero for getting Jackie yeah. Robinson into Major League Baseball. He was born December 20th, 1881, died December 9th, uh, 1965. So he almost made it to another birthday before Damn. he kicked the bucket, but he did not. So shout out to all of these Yay. people on their birthday. Salute. So real quick, before what we get into life. this NBA talk, what happened so God blessed him for getting the little Negro boy into the to the major leagues. <laughs> blessed him with a long life. All right, before we get into this NBA talk, man, we're gonna hit the phone lines. Homie Rob been waiting for a while out in Cali. Rob, what's going on? Welcome to the war room. What's yeah, up? Can, can you hear me? Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Yo, Master Boy Ross, a.k.a. Wow. The Bedroom Boo. Yo, the Boy Ross, a.k.a. Call me, call me the Gladiator because we changed the Coliseum and we conquered. Yo, what's good, man? How y'all doing, man? Hey, Rob. Back at. Did you say the, did you say the, <laughs> the Bedroom Boo? Like you, got, you said the like Bedroom Boo? He said the Bedroom yeah. Bully. Yeah. I don't know how that nickname plays. In the Me Too era, man, you may have to change that nickname, dog. <laughs> Come on now, Mike hey, Tyson. Hey, 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 hey. You only bullying chicks in the bedroom, taking the yams? What's up, man? You can't take <laughs> a gift. You can't take yeah. a gift, man. But well, that's all I got to say. But anyways, man, how y'all yo, doing, you man? Can't yo. Take, yo, yo, can't take Rob, a gift. yo. I'll be in the bedroom like that you can win this fight. Oh, you talking out of turn. No, I think we're all talking together. I normally don't do interview with women unless I fornicate with them. So you shouldn't talk anymore. Yo! Hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't associate me with the convicted rapist. Hold up, man. No. I'm a big strong nigga that knocks out people and rapes people and. Rips off people. You, you said it, You man. called yourself the bedroom bully, dog. You got to watch that in 2018. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> hey, yo. Oh, oh. All right, man. Oh, we know you was doing ranks, this. Man. Stop a rank, man. Stop a rank. Where's the offense? I think the bank can do, man. Stop a rank. Come on, man. No, no, come on. Being like, listen, man. I, we, we, wouldn't be good, we wouldn't be good friends if we didn't tell you not to stop doing that, man. Whatever, <laughs> oh. man. Man, I think it was seven. Never mind, man. All, all y'all say, man. What's good? What's good? What's good? Growing up as a kid, everybody has a dream. My dream as a kid was to own a monkey. I can't. <laughs> what the hell is that? 
man. We I have no idea, Oh, come on, right? Listen, 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 listen to what y'all doing. All right, go ahead, Damn. man. Yeah, hang up on you, man. What's Yo, good, man? What's up, Rob? Right? What's good, man? Two seconds. Yeah, but uh, I'm chilling, man. I, I was, I was, I had my whole thing on, but y'all threw me off anyway, man. Yo, um, the the Eagles came and <laughs> damn you, Dad. Yo, the Eagles came. The the Coliseum. It was yo yo yo. It it it, it looked off the chain. Um, I was surprised, but it showed that we but still we, we still have a good team, huh? That's two years. That's two years in a row. You ain't go to the game. You had no faith. He's like, I ain't wasting no money well, on this ticket because they gonna get dog. Well, 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 I go, I go for a quote that you said a long time ago. That's in a step with me. You said something about uh, if um, if like watching a football game. It's really not not as exciting. It's, it's better to watch it watch it from like your your bedroom. You know that's true. And, and, football games, and, I mean, football games is, is one of those things where you come home after the game, and you're looking at you know the highlights or a replay or even even just the box score, and you had no clue that some of this stuff went on. I'm like, damn, he had that many yards. Because like in the stadium, is is not just like other things: basketball, hockey. And even baseball, like, it's good to be in the building for those. But football, ah, it translates. It translates better to me, at least, over TV. So, what do you think going yeah. forward? Because you know, I saw you. I saw you on social media with your uh, your Nick Foles praise. You know, took took it took oh, Nikki. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It took, up, it took up, Nikki a lot to, to get you, but now, oh, you know, he had to make that apology last season after the Super Bowl, Jeff. He, he, no more negative talk with Nick Foles. I mean, my negative talk ended. My negative talk ended by Nick Foles, and Dan was like, "Rob, yo, I'm about to put you in a headlock and put you in a figure four or something." <laughs> that 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 yeah, one about me, yeah. But now, um, so you think, Nick, you think now, you're gonna beat the Texans? Uh, they have a fight. This at, at this point, they need. After every practice, they need to watch Rocky One and Rocky Two because it is solely impossible. I mean, I won't say impossible, but it's like, dude, the injury rattle. It's gonna take heart, and they're injury injury rattle team, and uh, it's gonna take a lot of heart. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. They're not gonna win a division because even if, I think even if the Dallas Cowboys lose every game and the Eagles win. The Dallas Cowboys still can win a division. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I think so. So no, the the, um, the 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 situation is the only chance the Eagles have is to win out, and the Cowboys have to lose out. I don't think that's going to necessarily happen myself. So right now, if you have any hope, you're hoping that the two teams in in wild card position right now falters, which is totally possible because the Seahawks got the Chiefs. Um. Uh, and, and I, I really, yeah, I really don't want the Eagles to go into the playoffs. I just want the Eagles to finish the season because we're so injured. I don't want any more players injured, you know, save the energy just for next season. year. But, it's so, the end of the season, you know, though. Go to the playoffs yeah, and yeah, see what happens and then go heal yourself. Why wouldn't you want to go to the playoffs? Because there's a lot of players hurt. There's a lot of players hurt. And I don't want them, I don't want to, you know, get them hurt. I want to vest them because it's, 
you know, but 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 I want I want to talk about what Jenny said, what Jenny Ben said. I, I love Jenny. The, the the thing is, is, is when the Lakers, I I mean, we put so much pressure on the players, and now we're on the organization as far as the Lakers is concerned. It's like when people want to blame Kobe, but they don't want to blame Buzz for intentionally destroying the Lakers. I mean, yes. People can make the argument, okay, Kobe kept some talent away. Okay, I, I get that argument, but when he left, we got Luau Deng and Brooke Lopez and overpaid them. You know, the same thing with LeBron. People said, like, well, LeBron, oh, like LeBron's going to bring the banana boat coming over here, right? You know, LeBron's going to get all his friends to come, all, you know, the super friends, right, to come over. Yeah, the and, banana boat. And when we came on the Lakers, now, when we came on the Lakers, Everybody saying, you know, Kevin Durant came out saying, oh, well, you know, um, oh, well, you know, uh, no, no, nobody wants to play LeBron, you know, because they want to be in the shadow, which is true, which is true, which is true, which is true. Um, and, and we'll just wait and see what happens. Do I think uh, we, the, the, the next offseason, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, 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 but right now – I think it will be idiotic for them to let go of Lonzo. First of all, shout out, shout out to, you know what I'm saying, uh, light, to, to Light Skin Boy for getting a double, uh, triple double. You know, I think they 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 need to they they need to find a way to utilize Lonzo's talent and let him be efficient defensively, like. Like like a lot of people say, even even um, uh, Death getting praise for it, he will be he will be Jason Kidd, you know, and because they're both light skins, because you know the their game is, you know what I'm saying? It's just that can be efficient by the All right, Ron. Oh, by the way, Duke is, Duke is overrated. UNC Zion Williams, you come for your ugly ass, man. Okay. Damn. All right, man. Thanks for your call. <laughs> we'll tell all our Duke fans that. And we'll, uh, you know, see what they say back to you. But thanks for your call, yep, man. Yep. We'll holler at you next yep. week, good brother. Yo, 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 yo. Got it. All right. Let's yo. go. <laughs> so speaking of Carolina, though, I, yo, I just want to give a shout-out to our family, yo, Janice Richards, her uh, son. Um, I seen he signed a day with uh, North Carolina. So he's playing yeah, with the I, I, I did that earlier, I, but I let you know. Oh, damn, Jimmy, my bad. No, nah, but, you know. They people don't know Jimmy go way back with her as well. Like I, I told the people, like we go way back to to first grade with Denise. So it's like it's exciting to see her excited because you know throughout the years we've always seen her become this this sports mom. You know what I'm saying? They call yeah, her the soccer yeah, mom. Yeah. Dude didn't play no soccer. So he's a, but, he's going to Carolina, which is which is dope. Right, it's paying off. So he 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 about to be in that that program. And I hope they gave her a bag because you know Carolina give out bags. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't leave us out. <laughs> don't leave the good folks of the Philadelphia out. All right, that's hey, uh, Tobias, man. I see, I see you in the chat room trying um slander, slander the good brother, the bedroom bully, uh, Matt Lauer, <laughs> West Coast Matt Lauer. Yeah, Tobias is waiting on the line now. Tobias, what's going hey. on, man? Roll down the tide. Hey, Nick, what's going on, fellas? Hey, How you going to follow up? Yeah, yeah, 
Hey, man, I know it's that we had, got busy at work, so I didn't want to get my Charles Leno on, you know. I had to play the game, uh, you know. <laughs> so it looks like he's still going through that marriage to Miss Ann, huh? But anyway, <laughs> so so we'll take it to Charles Leno. He set the Guinness Book of World Record of being the largest coon on earth. But anyway. Dang. Friday. Hey. Couple of quick things. Though. I know you guys got to get but going. Y'all, 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 both of y'all do know that she's probably real nasty in the bedroom, though. Because it's never mind. Let me shut up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, let's be yeah, honest about dude, this guy. This dude ain't bad eyes. She, she probably, probably talked like that around him. He was cool with it. Yeah. But she probably called him tweet, nasty. She nasty. Uh, based on the tweet, uh, she nasty. She'd be like, you know what? No. You know what? No, it kills me. No, I'm not even an Eagles fan, you know. But it seems like when Nick Foles has a halfway decent game, they want to like, well, Alshon Jeffrey gets more looks than when he was Carson Wentz. Who gives a damn? <laughs> you know? Nick Madden. People forget that Carson Wentz is still a young quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Was, was, you're right. You, you, yeah, be you're right, right now. because as soon as the ball had a good game, you already knew what it was. I, didn't, I don't even know if the media did this, but I already knew what it was. Like, but you got to understand that they have to fill space, right? So they have to have hot takes and say certain things just to get the conversation going and keep it going all week. So, I mean, that's the world we live in. There's no way around that. Yeah. Which is why, yeah. which is why, when you watch the when you watch the NBA, people's entire legacy goes from game to game. If LeBron has a bad game, it's like he's not as good as Mike. And if LeBron has an amazing game, he's the greatest player ever. Like people's entire, like James Harden, it, it, like. All the good players in the league, their entire legacy gets made or broke game to game at this point. <laughs> you know what? And the thing is, is that uh, Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. But people got to realize these kids, these guys are young. It takes these guys years before they pop. It took like Brady, Roethlisberger, those guys years before they popped in a good way. And, and it seems like once a backup comes in, what people don't realize about these backup quarterbacks, Everything they do is house money. So if they have a good game, as long as they don't wet the bed, it's all good. And then you get teams that can bring those guys in, and then you realize that why they're a backup quarterback in the first place, and the cycle keeps repeating itself. But The, P- the Peter man just got a job. That's what I'm saying. The Peter man. Hey, Peter man could start on the flag football team, I think. But uh, here's the thing. Also, and it's like I saw this story about, like, Anthony Davis, LeBron reaching, talking, and they talk about Anthony Davis going there. The question I want to ask is, one, if Anthony Davis, whenever he does leave, they should move the team to Seattle because of the dead market then in New Orleans. But who's to say New Orleans wants what the Lakers are offering? Has anyone even thought yeah. about that? No, but I mean, that's matter, true. Like, like, Here's here, here the thing. Does it matter? Right? Yeah. Because we, we keep talking about this because we got to understand one thing, Tobias. We're on New Earth. These kids don't care about max contracts. Like, when they want to go somewhere, that's where they, they go. go. Like, we, I, I remember all of us sitting around like, Kyrie ain't got no leverage. And, and, and you know, and, and, I, and I was saying at the time, like, I don't even know if that matters. Like, once you say this is where I want to be, that's kind of where you end up. Like, all these things that we think about don't even matter. Like, who's to say that New Orleans doesn't want it? You're right. But at the same time, they know that these dudes live on newer, so they're going to sit around and get nothing. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think the only team that can compete with a deal is Boston, but uh, does he want to live in Boston? Because I don't know too many brothers who line up to live in Boston. Uh, but 
But Boston will have to but, give up but, the light skinned Mamba. Kobe Tatum? Yeah. And you know, and you know, and thing is is that is he even averaging fifteen points a game right now? Yeah, he's averaging sixteen. Oh wow. Oh wow. But it's kinda like it's kinda like, you know, he'll get earlier in the season, like he'll get good great numbers like twenty six, something like that. Wasn't Court was it Court who tried to argue was earlier this season that he was better than um he was better than Giannis? Yeah, he said he was the uh <laughs> he said he was the starting starting um small forward for this year's all star team. Now at the same time to give to you know, to give my man Court the benefit of the doubt, even though he said something about it later. But to give him the benefit of the doubt, he could have meant, you know, he's so popular that he's gonna get the fan votes and all of that. Even though no, if, I days, remember, yeah. if I remember if I remember correctly. All right, I tried I, I tried to help my man out. He was trying to say no, dude if was I remember correctly, he started slamming he named names. He can't yeah, he named names. Said boy was better than them. <laughs> Yo, Giannis is the best player in the league to me, bar nobody. <laughs> bar nobody. And, and he's still growing. And the thing is, his, Giannis's game is still growing. Yeah, and that's the scary yeah. part about it. You can kind of forget how young this guy is. And it seems like he's happy in Milwaukee. They got a decent team around him. Chris Milton's a good player. And I think it's Drew Bledsoe, right? Now it's Eric Bledsoe out there playing good ball. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Like they got a good coach, so he probably will stick around out there. Hey, but Tobias, I'm gonna tell you like I told Dev. Like he seems happy now because there's no pressure on him. When 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 Brown leaves is. and people start saying where his championships at, like, he ain't great. That's when he gonna pick up the phone, and you know what I'm saying he gonna be calling Zion like, where you wanna go? Yeah, well, and, I and, heard. And, and I, didn't honestly, read, I didn't read the article, but I saw uh, I saw a headline saying Giannis's pitch to Anthony Davis. So I guess he's the type of dude. He's not trying to leave and go follow you, but he damn sure gonna be recruiting if there's somebody to be recruited. So and, and, um, okay. you know what? It teams like Milwaukee, they should be proactive and just. Get some young players, get some like get like stockpile picks and make a trade for a player like that. And then when you're winning, you offer the money they may stay like a Paul George, and just have that winning of you know you, you just got to take a risk because, like I said before, nobody says they move to Milwaukee. And it, shout out Joe Kim Noah, Noah's taking a vacation in Milwaukee. But you just got to be honest about this. But you have yeah, to but be, Joe Kim, but you, Joe Kim you be realizing proud. in his old age that sometimes you need to play in Milwaukee because it's too lit in New York. You ain't lying. <laughs> it's speaking, it's speaking, it's speaking of New York and Joe Kim, we got we to give Derrick Rose a shout-out, man. He has been playing some good ball this year, and it's good for him playing some good ball finally. And, like, yeah, people – He had 33 again last night. But Derrick Rose is a victim. We're at the point He's a where, victim of his – Is it the, the point where we don't like, even notice anymore, though? He's a, he's a victim of his own success because we thought that yeah. he was about to be that next guy. So even though he's going to end up having like a solid pro career, um, you know, and not not to compare him to him, but if you look at Christian Leitner, he had a solid pro career. But coming in the he league, did. there was so much hype around him that people don't yeah. recognize he had a solid pro career. People are like he's a bum, he's a bust. I'm like he averaged like eight. He made an all star game. He made an all star game or two, didn't he? So Derek should have stayed in college an extra year or two because he'd be on the Grant Hill train straight to the Hall of Fame. 
But he might maybe yeah. he don't need yeah. that. Maybe he doesn't need that college year because he did win an MVP. Grant never did that. So maybe that yeah. maybe if he just puts solid years in from here on out and plays like eighteen years, he might make it to the Hall of Man, Fame. Man, and day. that and that MVP season he had, like and if you look at it in retrospect, he was amazing. He was dunking on cats. Mm. He was out of control that year. But I'm just saying, so you right, yeah, he has a solid comeback. Up. But he's a, you know what about Rose? he's a victim of that. He's a victim of that. legs. Hey, you know what else? If people like they still mad he won an MVP. I'm like, this guy won that team won 60 plus games with Keith Bogans as your starting two guard. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, much, much. yeah. yeah the guy had 25 and eight. That was like not. They say not even five players in the history of the league had that stat line. So the kid was great and he was getting better, and it just shows that. Injuries can slow you down, so you gotta get all. And he he was the first one to sign one of those big contracts that paved the way for these big contracts now. And right after he signed it, he got hurt. So that's why I tell these players, get your money, because you get hurt, they will try to lowball you. All right. Well, Tobias, as usual, man. Thanks for your call. We only got a few more hey, minutes. We got to wrap a few more things hey, up. And you, hey, so. thanks for taking my call, guys. You guys have a good one. And next week, welcome to the Roll Tide Invitational. Have a good no one, doubt. fellas. <laughs> All right. We look yes, forward sir. to it. Peace. All right. So, yeah, we got a, uh, we got some stuff to finish up here. Um, some NBA stuff. And y'all, y'all know the, the deal. NBA Rap is always brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Uh, if you guys need a custom website for your small businesses, just make sure you get with the people over at Digital Extreme Tech. That's digitalextremetech.com, or you can call 267-205-4203, and for discounted rates, be sure to tell them the folks at War Room Sports sent you. Uh, quick shout-out to the NBA Players of the Week. Um, in the East, you had Thaddeus Young of the Indiana Pacers, and in the West, you had um, James Harden um, he traveled to a few destinations this week. <laughs> uh, in the East, Thaddeus put up 18.8 points per game, 9.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, while leading the Indiana Pacers to a 4-0 record. It seemed like the East player of the week always got weak numbers compared to the West. Uh, James yeah, Harden put like up Young, I feel like Thaddeus Young been in the league 24 years. <laughs> no, he's solid, though. 37 points per game, 8.3 assists, 7.7 rebounds, um, 14 travels, and a 3-0 and record for the Houston Rockets. Um, so shout out to Thaddeus and James Harden for winning NBA Players of the Week, man. I wanted to ask you about this, Jim. Uh, because of James Harden and the stuff that he gets away with on a daily basis and the stuff that he gets away with that he got away with when they were playing the Lakers, it caused LeBron to kind of show up the rest at some point in that game. He started playing defense on the Rockets with his hands behind his back because it seems like every time they, you know, you know, it was a lot of ticky-tack calls. And I think Harden ended up going to the line maybe 19 times in that game. Um, they felt that the whole thing was a little bit lopsided, so to show up the rest – you know, he, he put his hands behind his back. Is there something there? Like, do you think the Rockets get away with stuff, mainly James Harden? Like, I think he initiates a lot of contract contact, but he knows how to play the officials into giving him these calls. Listen, and non-calls it, it, it's, it's twofold. 
I'm not going to lie. And sometimes, sometimes I dislike watching him play. And, you know, I, I used to like and enjoy watching Harden play. He's beer gang and all that. And, but at some, at some point, like, it, it gets to be so painful to watch somebody flop on offense. And he flops on defense, too. <laughs> but he's so over the top with it. But then I, I try to be objective and I think about it. I can't blame him. Because he's playing in the gray area. It's like it's always the player that figures something out. And he's figured out better than anybody else playing the game how to use the rules to his advantage. And he's going to force the league to kind of adjust to him. Um, The dude averages like 11 foul shots a game. Something crazy like 11 or 12, I think he averages foul shots a game, which he's shooting like 85%. He's getting 10 points off the rip. He's getting 10 points off the rip just from the foul. Just put it on his total before the game starts. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I, 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 it does irritate me to watch, and it was really irritating the Lakers game because he was flop. Some of his flops were so egregious, like he's running into people, pulling up for three, and then falling around. I'm like, yo, this dude is out of control. But the rest keeps giving time. him calls. So if he's a think, he's doing that, I'm laughing. I think this dude might be the first dude in history who probably in the off season watches film of nothing but NBA referees to see what he can get away with. And then he goes and practices it in the preseason or something. Like, it's crazy the stuff that he gets away with. I mean, but at first, you have to to take a little bit of umbrage with the rules because the rules these days are a little bit different. Like, you cannot touch anybody once they face up on you. You know, back in the day, not even just a hand check. You You could kind of put your hand out there just to slow the guy down, you know, now in the NFL and in the NBA, you have to just use your feet. Like when they, you know, the coaches used to say that old cliche to you, stop playing defense with your hands, use your feet, slide your feet. Yeah, you have to be great with your feet to even have a chance you know, of playing defense you know in the league so these days. Because as soon as you touch a dude like Harden, lightly, they're going to they're gonna blow that whistle, so. What's so hilarious about LeBron putting his hands behind his back is he did it the first time with, like, CP3 and the Rock. And he did mm-hmm. it because CP3 was getting calls, too. So LeBron was trolling, put his hand behind his back. But as soon as CP3, like, started moving forward, he literally hand-checked him, which is a foul. <laughs> right. they didn't, cause they didn't so he actually him. was fouling the dude by the rules. Yeah. Right. I'm like, yo, you trying to prove that you ain't fouling nobody by fouling him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we going to so keep, keep your hands behind your back. Keep your hands behind your back. Yeah, that made it kind of funny for one, but but there is a point there because, like, it's not just the Lakers. I've heard other teams complain about, like, the calls this guy's getting. And it's not even just the fouls. My man with this whole hop and gather thing, like, that's, this this blows my mind. He he took the, the jump that every little step move he did yeah. this past week was out I told of you, control. Jimmy. He hopped, like, twice. I told you the next person say something to me about a zero step or a gather, I'm smacking fire out their ass, man. Dude Yo, he did it right in front of the ref, though. Long distance traveling, man. Dude is like cross country, cross the earth traveling. It's it's ridiculous, man. And it's it's rubbing off because you know there's been uh, videos floating around of yep. high school dudes yep. taking five steps back to the three point line. And you look in the comment section, and some million people defending it. No, it's cool. Yep. That first step was his gather. <laughs> that second step was his zero step. The third and fourth steps was. They was just cool. Like, come on, man. Like, Yo, watch. <laughs> pretty cool. soon, all Little League is going to be catches, like, you know, getting their gather on and pulling mm-hmm. up for three. 
And that's the thing. I'm, it rubs off on everybody. Like my son's favorite move, and he ain't even strong enough to do it, is the step back. Like he'll dribble and then do a step back and then shoot an air ball because he's not strong enough to step back and then shoot Yo. the ball. But he keeps doing Yo. it. I can't stop him from doing it. I'm going to have to like Adrian Yo. Peterson, this little dude, to stop him from doing it. Yo! <laughs> like, yeah, that's the only way I'm going to get through to him. Like, I'm going to have to beat him. But, um, Yo. speaking of Speaking step of LeBron, back, yo, man. Step back from 2018 looks so crazy, though. I know. Speaking of LeBron, though, man, he got his dunk blocked by Jared Allen of the Nets this week, and it was like front page news. It was like the block heard around the world. The crazy part about it is, like, Kevin Durant, even though, you know, we think he's trolling and hating, like, I thought about him as soon as. I saw this stat. Like I saw, I think the first publication I saw put it out was Bleacher Report the next day. They said LeBron has more than 1,800 dunk attempts in his career. Only nine of them have been blocked. So it made me think of Kevin Durant because I'm like, damn. <laughs> LeBron is that dude to the point where he gets his dunk blocked, which doesn't happen a lot. But the fanboys make sure they run out, get their research on, and come out and let you know that this only happens point oh 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 one percent of the time. Like it's not that serious, yo. Because man. like we already know that. Because if if it was if it if it was a, a a reoccurring you know action, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. So we know it, he doesn't yo. get his dunk blocked a lot. That's why it was such such a highlight in the first place. But to run out and do that, to me, I'm like, yo. <laughs> to me, this is more, I don't even think this is about Bronx. To me, this is more about New Earth. I, I, it's kind of like the Kona Tones of Bias. Like, we live, in a, we live in a world right now where, first of all, people want clicks. And everybody has to create content. And people are trying to create content nobody else has. So when Bleacher Report does that, this show, uh, one show will pick it up and talk about it, and all the talk show pundits will talk about it. It's like and that's what people, are in a constant, people, people are in constant need of content creation, so they're reaching for all kinds of stuff. You know how sometimes me and you will see a story and be like, yo, why did they write an article about that? It's because content is king. Cash is in kingdom or content is king, and people are reaching for, I need something to post on my IG. Like Bleacher Report is good for this. They'll post something on their IG. They'll post something different on Twitter, something different on their Facebook page because they are constantly looking for content to post. And you have the Bleacher Reports. You have the Sports Illustrated. You have the ESPN. You have all – and everybody's looking for something different. And they have these stat boys, go go find me something to post about. And nobody gets more clicks than LeBron. So I, at some point, like, I don't know what's going to happen in the world. I feel like I'm in an a episode of a Black Mirror on Netflix, like – it's just so much content. We have so much information being fed to us on a daily basis. It's getting irritating. It's like, yo, LeBron is Trump. You want to get clicks? They're going to get clicks? Article and LeBron. <laughs> and don't let them to be decent with each other because you really get the clicks. Yeah, yeah. When he, when he called him, called him a bum. I didn't call the president a bum. Um, <laughs> yeah, you bum. All right. We got to get out of here. But before we do, Chris Paul said that. Uh, his teammate, James Harden, is the best offensive player he's ever seen. We'll go into the quotes, and we'll talk about it a little more in-depth probably next he week. He don't watch a lot of basketball. Opinions. But I was about to say, what's your initial opinion on that? We'll we'll talk more in-depth next week. But your your, your initial he opinion is not. He ain't got league pass. 
Yeah. All right, I hear you. I hear you. So yeah, we'll definitely talk about that next week. But uh, before we get out of here, I just want to thank everybody for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, the War Room Sports Game Time Group, and the Group Me app. And all the callers who called in the highlighters, we couldn't get to your call. We apologize. Stuff started to run a little late when Rob called in talking about he's the bedroom bully. We, we, we kind of lost our way at that point. Um, but you guys can tune in next week. A special thanks to Fred Perdue for holding us down for an hour um, and Gus Griffin for uh, contributing to the show as well. Tune in next week live right here or on demand as we recap NFL Week 16 and preview Week 17. We'll also catch you up on everything happening in the NBA and everything else around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend, the start of next week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. And I almost forgot, if you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever we're allowed to say these days, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys right after that holiday is done. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.